0: listening to the not-so-black-and-white real estate podcast with your hosts, Sir Colin Campbell and Gary A. McGowan. Things are different today. I'm Gary McGowan, and that intro is only 50% correct. We are incredibly honoured to have a guest host with us today. Sandy McKay, my friend. How are you doing? Hey, I'm awesome.
1: Excited to be here. Can't wait. I feel completely honoured and shocked to be uh, gotten the nod to this today. So it's uh, going to be fun.
0: Well, as they, we always say, who's on your bench, and you're current, you're currently off the bench and into the game. So thanks for being here. Uh, if you don't know who Sandy is, he's the owner of McKay Realty Network, uh, new OP, which is Operating Principal or President of our newest Keller Williams um, brokerage in the Vaughan area, Vaughan, Ontario, Canada. That is so excited and congrats to you there, and also co-host of Canada's number one real estate podcast, uh, Breakthrough Real Estate Investing, uh, Sandy. He's going to bring, I, you know, I, I'm already at high expectations standing. So I'm, I'm, I'm setting the bar high here. Colin, Colin was good, but this is going to be awesome. I'm, I'm happy you're with us today. And we're going to look to
1: improve it. Maybe I can stick around for, for more after this if I do a really good job. So. <laughs> That's right.
0: <laughs> That's right. So who do we have on the show today? Well, I'm going to just bring um, our guest on right now, Rochelle West. Uh, Rochelle, happy. we are incredibly happy to have you here. And I've got a little bio that I got put together that, um, you know, is going to explain who you are, but welcome to the show, Rochelle.
2: Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here.
0: Fantastic. Okay, so I'm going to read this bio that I printed off from your website. But then, like this is all, I always say this is all nice because this is what we want people to read. But this next hour is going to be all about who is really Rochelle. And I, I can tell you after reading her bio and knowing her for the last uh, couple of years, um, it, she is an amazing woman, amazing leader, amazing mom, wife, and all the above. So uh, here's here's her bio. Rochelle is a high energy motivated leader who is passionate about setting goals with her team members and holding them accountable to achieving their dreams. She is a strong believer in saying teamwork makes the dream work. I love that. Uh, and strives to create a unique culture environment, which her team members can excel and become the best version of themselves. Rochelle is also committed to the community to community building, specifically in her neighbor neighborhood of Canada, which is, uh, in our nation's capital, Ontario, of Ontario, Ottawa, there's the, there's the first faux pas of Ottawa, Canada, uh, coming from a place of contribution is a cornerstone of her beliefs. And as I said, knowing Rochelle, uh, it goes without say that her, her reputation perceives her and how she helps her team, her community. And it is a pleasure to have you on the show today, Rochelle. Oh,
2: thank you so much, Gary. Honestly, I feel equally as honored to be here with two legends of uh, Toronto real estate here, Sandy and Gary. So thank you so much.
0: Fantastic. (laughs) So before I throw it to you, Sandy, I'm going to let Michelle tell us her one minute version and her words, uh, who Rochelle is.
2: Okay. Well, um, I am, uh, honestly, I'm just, I'm an energetic person. I really believe in, um, you know, surrounding yourself with great people and uh, together everybody achieves more. So I am, I truly believe in the power of teamwork. I I feel like I'm living that right now. I have the most amazing people that I get to work with each and every day. Um, So that motivates me and gets me super excited. Um, But I am also a mom. I have two very young boys, uh, Jack and Charlie, four and two. And uh, I am married to my business partner, Josh West. And so that just adds a whole other layer of fun and excitement and chaos. Um, But yeah, no, we are a busy real estate team here in Ottawa, team of 13, and uh, we're just a high-energy, fun-loving professional, but at the same time, we like to have a, a lot of good times together as well. So that's really me in a in a quick 30-second spiel, if you will.
0: I like it, Sandy. Okay, let's let's dive right into, you know, the team and what that looks like. But more importantly, um, how her team and how she supports uh, the community, really, that's where I think we could love to go. And, and if you're watching with us today, and you got questions for Rochelle, uh, or comments, we'd love to see them. I know she'd love to answer them. So feel free to drop in your comments too. Sandy, over to you.
1: One thing I think you're, you're well known for Rochelle is just the culture you're able to create within your team. I know it's not a, sh- not a small task or feat to go from, um, you know, starting up a team to 200 plus transactions in a year. How do you do that? How do you create that culture of people that want to pour into the team, not just about themselves all the time, but actually, you know, a bigger picture effort uh, as a group?
2: I mean, I think I can first start with just where we work, right? Like KW has really, shown me how to set goals, how to, you know, really plan and act on those goals. And then just finding really great people around you who are motivated and ambitious and wanna think big as well. Um, so again, having those goals in front of you each and every day and being able to chunk them down um, using the four in one or whatever tool that you might wanna use is, it's just makes it so much more doable. And I think it's, I, I always refer to Gary who always says, you know, um, you know, people over, overestimate what they can do in a year and underestimate what they can do in five. And that's really what I feel like I've seen is, you know, ask me five years ago, if I would have been sitting here right now and not at all. Right. And so it's uh, it's thinking that bigger, um, that bigger level and just surrounding yourself with people who have similar goals and similar mindsets and the ability to, to think big. So yeah, a lot of goal setting, a lot of chat about that at all times. And then in terms of culture, I mean, my gosh, it comes down to people really making sure that you're vetting who you bring on the team, making sure you get to know them, having really great uh, interpersonal connections with people and creating relationships with people before you even get into business with people. Um, that is something that I think that has always been a strong suit of mine. is just really making sure that I know who I am surrounding myself by and not just me really enjoying working with them, but also the other people in the team enjoying working with them as well. Because, as much as I want to lead, I feel like there's my entire team is leaders, and they're all leading each other throughout the process as well.
0: I, I like that, and we do underestimate the the uh, the community that we have as as team owners and 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 running brokerages. That it is, you know, it's it's much smaller than that in a sense too, where you know, when people like, and, and Jen, who, who just posted a comment here, right. And and she's, she's within your, within your group there, isn't she? And, and just, you know, being, providing them with the opportunity to lead and create some pretty amazing uh, experiences around uh, what it's like to be within a team community for sure. And, and when you reference Gary, as much as i like to take um, credit for that, you, you were referencing Gary Keller, weren't you?
2: (laughs) VGK, yes. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah. And I've always loved that quote. You know, we can be anywhere we want to be within five years, right? Yeah. I, I, I think that's so powerful. And and as you said, you know, or, or reminded us, we, we often overlook that or underestimate that. So, okay, totally. talk to us. Yeah. Talk to us uh, about, you know, when people enter real estate. And, and have the team and the big success that you guys are having, like that just doesn't happen overnight. So give us your little backstory on, on how we got to where we are today.
2: Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure if either of you have met my husband. Actually, I know you both have. Um, so it definitely started with Josh. Uh, Josh is a very ambitious, hardworking um realtor who started about 15 years ago in the business and his business was really taking off and uh, we had we actually met at keller williams uh, believe it or not we are a keller williams love story (laughs) Nice. (laughs) we we can dive into that another time um but ultimately you know he was um he was a top performing agent and he was looking to expand and i was working in not-for-profit at the time and i both my parents were realtors i knew that real estate was going to be in my future and i just said look before we do any sort of hires let's just pair up i know that you know my strengths are your weaknesses and my weaknesses are your strengths and i'm sure we can really marry this um literally uh we actually got married the year that we joined together in real estate so um it was a true marriage from the get-go um but yeah so we we started off we were already busy because josh already had a good little database and clientele that he was working with and then it and then I brought mine in right and I am such a people person and I really believe in having great relationships with people and staying in contact with people and speaking with people and it just compounded right and with what we've learned with Keller Williams and and Bold and you know getting out there and you know making your calls or doing your networking or whatever it is that you are going to um, do consistently, it um, it just did propel us. And then we made our first hire, which was Jen. She was our first uh, buyer agent on the team, and she joined us part time. And she was just such an amazing networker and had a huge network here in Ottawa. And uh, and just you know stayed part time for the first two years. That grew into um, her taking a full time position with us three years ago, and she is absolutely killing it full time. And uh, uh, ultimately, it's surrounding yourself with some really great people who, again, just they have great networks. They're people people. They are in relationship with people. They care about people. Um, we do operate a little bit differently. We are very—I um, shouldn't say differently, but we really put um, a lot of onus on getting into a relationship with your clients and really creating that deeper connection and caring about that person. Because ultimately, you're—we're going to be a repeat referral we want to be a repeat and referral type business, which is what we've really grown into over the last couple of years. And then here we are. Add a couple more agents of fantastic people, extra strengths, different niches, different uh, attitudes. And uh, and now somewhere at 220 units last year, it kind of blew our minds a little bit. And this year on track to do even more. So it's uh, really accredited to the people that we work with.
1: I like it, pick uh-huh.
0: us up there, Sandy, yeah.
1: How much of that comes from your database? I know you really spend a lot of time working in that. You talk, you know, I I heard you say the people, the relationships there, uh, at least a dozen times, how much um, comes from the database and how I know you're very purposeful around it. What does that actually look like to be purposeful with your database?
2: Yeah. So we're trying to get a lot more purposeful, like ever since Gary Keller at family reunion said probably two years ago, or maybe it was even three, hundred percent of your business should come from your database. That really struck a chord with me because obviously that's your low hanging fruit. Um, I would say right now we're probably about 65 percent coming from our database, um, repeat referrals, and then also agent referrals. So I, I want to see that number grow, and I'm, we're really trying to adopt principles like the DTD2 um, that Bold again has taught us, which is just getting into contact with all all those those people in your in it, that are already there. So I am looking to grow that even more, and then. A, course feeding your database, right? It's just those simple principles that we've read about in MRA um, that didn't make any sense to me in the beginning. And now I'm just like, oh, light bulb, right?
0: And that's interesting you say that because we often read the MRA. So the millionaire real estate, you know, book is out there, the red book is depending on where you are and how you refer to it. But you know, how important is it to keep referring back to that book or some of the strategies as as your real estate career evolves like how important is it to go back to those fundamentals from time to time to 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 you know take absorb some different information if you will you got I literally it right there this thing <laughs> in my first
2: <laughs> like it's just with me all the time how important is it it's very important and and really every agent that i come in contact with whether they are at color williams or not it's the number one book that i asked I ask them have you read it and if not i'll get you a copy um even people on our team, I'm like, let's just go back to the basics. Let's look at the models. What does this say? We're not masters of it at all. And I, I don't want to come across as if I've, you know, created the perfect millionaire real estate team here because I definitely haven't. But I do know that everything that is said here is totally applicable and it will work. And so I am working towards, you know, getting better one percent better each and every day, as we like to say. Yeah. So so how important
0: is it? Very important. Very, so how you're saying very important. important, yeah. And, and it yeah. is important because and in, in, in you've mentioned some of the other training uh, that KW offers, and bold being one of them. Like we often go back to that, or we go back to the book because where we are, you know, mentally, personally, and business experience, it's always at a different spot in time, right? And and the information we're we're absorbing uh, is going to be different because we're at a different spot where we are with our business growth and everything else, right?
2: Totally. Yeah. You see it with a different lens.
0: Yeah. That's, that's a good way. That's a way better way to phrase it than what I just did. (laughs) Very good. Okay. So you talked about feeding your database and, and, you know, a team just doesn't go out and do 200 units without feeding their database. So talk to us a little bit about that. I'd love to know more about that.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, community is really important to me. Um, I really love the community that we live in here in Canada. It's, um, you know, a great little suburb of Ottawa. And, uh, so a few years ago, my MAPS coach had said to me, you know, what is going to be your, your, one of your pillars, like one of your lead generating pillars. And I was like, look, let's give this, uh, this farming thing a try. But, and I had taken Marvin Alexander's, um, farming course, which was amazing and had so many good takeaways from it, how to do it really systematically and really like, On a thorough level, and then, um, but I wanted to meet people, and I wanted to bring people more to me. So my my coach was like, "Let's do events." So we bought all the equipment for um, movies in the park, and uh, I I probably feel like I feel like it was probably a five hundred dollar investment. So like the big screen, the speakers, everything like that, the licensing, and the and the permit, the park permits, and we started holding movies in our park um, every month in the summer in our in the neighborhood that we live in. And our first one out, we had over 200 people there. And it was just so awesome because we set up a little kiosk. We like sold snacks that I bought from Costco for CHIO, which is uh, well, you know, CHIO, uh, the, the children's hospital here. And um, you know, it was just really great because people came and they were so grateful and thankful that we were putting this on. And so we did it month after month and, um, and that made a name for us in the neighborhood. We now hold food drives in the neighborhood or we do um, a pumpkin giveaway. So we had about eight events or probably about seven or eight events that we did over the last couple of years. And that has just created um, this, you know, small area of people who are for us who've never even done business before because they are so appreciative of what we've done in the community. So farming was a big um, part of that. And then with newer agents on the team, um, we just really advise them to try a little bit of everything. So try your open houses, try your door knocking, try cold calling, try social media and being like way out there in social media and see what works really well for you and then go master it, right? Let's, let's work through the six perspectives, self mastery, start with that, pick one that you really love. And, uh, and that worked out really well so that each agent on the team ended up having something that they felt that they owned and that they enjoyed doing. And it wasn't, we're not the type of team where you come in um, every day and, And get on the phone for three hours a day um that's just not something that has worked well for us it's more i feel like everybody has their own little niche that they go out and own and they do really well um and that and so yeah it's really gone from farming to networking to working your sphere and making sure that you're always coming from contribution every time you make a phone call to anybody it's not hey are you looking to buy or sell it's hey are you interested in knowing what your home is is worth, or, you know, have you ever thought about taking the equity out to, to purchase an income property? So it's always coming from contribution. There's a lot of bold talk in what we talk about, but I really do love those bold laws.
0: I like it. Sandy, I hope you're taking some notes there because you run a very successful team as well. Uh, (laughs) and talk to us a little bit about, you know, I, and I'm sure Sandy, you've experienced this too. You know, we're often excited to get new team members onto the bus as it were, right? And, and, and we've, we've learned how important though it is to have those team members sitting in the right seat on the bus. And I think you kind of alluded to that a little bit in, you know, go try the lead gen that you feel most comfortable with, because that's where you're going to have the most success. So how do you, you know, is, apart from just sending your agents out to try the different strategies, what do you do with them to kind of hone their their, their skills in, in each individual lead gen tactic, if you will?
2: Well, in the days that we could actually hold open houses, for instance, um, you know, having that system completely prepared for them, so it's like, look, here's your open house booklet, this is a checklist, this is basically what you should be doing to do a seventh level open house, and it starts not the day of the open house, it starts, you know, well before that, so really equipping them with with the tools that they need to go out and do that. Um, in terms of farming, again, it's really reverting back to what Marvin taught us with, if you're going to farm a neighborhood, here's the playbook again. Um, this is what you need to do. Know the schools, know the street, num- the street names, know the, the postal codes. Um, know everything. Be that neighborhood expert and master it. But start small. I think that's the biggest thing is that you don't, like, don't go out and choose, you know, all of Canada. We've chosen a very small subset of Canada. And and we know everything about this. I know all the schools, et cetera. So to to help the team members, it's really giving them a playbook as much as possible to help them go and uh, and give it a try and give it the best shot with tried and true, you know, things that other people have done. Again, it's always we we do often call it you know your R and D, right? Your boss and duplicate. Go find somebody who's doing it really well and, and ask and ask some questions, right? Like you you just learn from other people. There's so many fantastic real estate agents, um, you know. Really, across North America, worldwide, go ask some questions. Go find out who's the master at that, and let's let's have a little
1: Q and A. Uh, Rochelle, you, and you've had you've had some obvious um, results from that, and, and building community. You know, you have a team member just won an award for, uh, I believe it's cultural ambassador award. Um, that's I think proof in the pudding of that you're really spending time on this, uh, and, and not only yourselves but actually empowering your team members to to do the same. Um is that a result like is that just a direct result that award that you won, which is a national award with Keller Williams um is that a, is that an award really proof in in what you've been kind of uh kind of trying to f- grow with your whole team is that that community based database driven team
2: yeah, I mean. Aislinn's amazing. So like with or without me, like she, she is so worthy of that award. 100%. She is the epitome of um, uplifting and empowering and energetic and just so welcoming. And I think a lot of the reasons why she won that award was because um, everybody in our brokerage knows her to be just a warm and welcome person, right? Like she, she really does go out of her way to, um, to make connections and, and help as much as possible. Um, but yes, on the team, definitely like every Monday morning team meeting, it's, it starts with, um, all right, let's either share, you know, what you're grateful for, or an act of kindness that you've done in the last week, or, you know, how did you impact somebody's life? Like, we want to start it off with that. And I really do. I don't ever like saying the word preach, but I really do like to remind everybody, it's all about what, how, how we are impacting people. How are you showing up each and every day? How are you uplifting people? Um, because, you know, at the end of the day, everybody, everybody wants to be nurtured. Everybody wants to be fed in encouragement. Um, recognition, all this sort of thing. And it's, it's our duties as, you know, whether it's real estate industry leaders or actually just being great people to go out there and give it to others. Um, I actually, it was a, a quote from John Maxwell that I was reading actually just earlier today. But if you look around you, you'll discover that there are people in your life who want to be fed with encouragement, recognition, security, and, and hope. That process is called nurturing, And it's a need of every single human being. And it's like that goes for who you are with on your team, who you are with to your clients, who you are to the people in your brokerage and who you are as a a family member. Right. And what are you doing each and every day to feed others? And so in terms of Aislinn and and winning that national, that award, like that's who she is. She embodies that. She really does nurture people. She sits there and listens to you and, um, and I'm I'm so grateful to have her on the team because she brings it to
0: the team each and every day too. Uh, that that's that's so great to have that. And and it's important too, because we often think as realtors, you know, we have to nurture our clients. And yes, we do, right? Of course we do, because that's you know, we're 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 creating amazing relationships. But on the flip side, or or the other way to look at it too, it's so important for us to be nurturing our peers. Right? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Creating whether it's you know creating great relationships just like this, or or referral partners, or your, your peers that are your team members and so forth. We, I think that's the part in the industry. I'd, I'd love to get your take on this. That perhaps gets overlooked. Do you, what do you think about that?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think all of this is connected, right? Business and personal, and who you are, who you show up to every day you can put on a friend all you want and act like you are, you know, a kind individual to your client and that you're trying to exceed their expectations. But who you are in here is who you are out there. Here we go. Should we have like a, a, a tracker? <laughs> you
0: know, how yeah, 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 yeah,
2: yeah. But I still believe it. And like, who you show up to them. And if it's just a facade, I mean, they'll read right through it, right? Authenticity is such an important part of being a great leader of being a great business owner. And so if you're not practicing that and on I mean, the, on your daily personal life or amongst your peers, but you're only doing it for your clients. Well, it's kind of fake and it's really not, I just don't think that it's going to be sustainable.
0: Yeah. Very good. Very good. So love to circle back a little bit. And there's, there's lots about culture that we're going to talk about and and it's so important to you and so important, I think to the growth of, of your team and the success that you're seeing there. and and Mike Mike uh, asks a, a great question here. You know, during COVID, we we got to be really creative on what we're doing and how we're connecting with with our farm, uh, different farm areas. Yeah. And and so, what can we try now? What what are the, some of the different things that you've done, even over the last couple of months, in order to stay relevant with the people that you are, are farming and your and your clients.
2: Yeah. So a uh, great question. And, and we were struggling with this. Like I I almost felt like I didn't know who I was last year. Cause I'm like, oh, what are we going to do? We can't do our events. We had all, like we had everything planned out and we had the playbook ready to just plug and play for 2020. And then obviously uh, COVID happened. Uh, so what we did this year, I was like, look, let's, people are hurting more than ever. Let's completely change things from free events in the community to what can we give back to local organizations that obviously need our help more than, more than ever. So instead of doing, um our seven events we're doing one um fundraising event per quarter so we just finished our food drive Um, we had to have a lot of planning sessions around how to make it um you know get our name out there and and have a presence but also obviously safe and so kudos to my ops team taylor marissa and pratt i like you guys absolutely Thought of everything, um, and so what we did was we ended up um, again owning that Facebook page um, in Monaghan Landing. Again, that Canada Facebook page where we farm. That's ticket number one. Is if you are farming something, make sure there's a Facebook group that you're a part of and be active and and help as much as possible with giving recommendations. Um, and it should never always be about real estate. It should absolutely be about a. a everything. Right. Um, so utilizing that platform to be able to market our food drive. And then we actually picked a certain number of streets and, um, and delivered bags that had our, like our flyer, um, attached to it, saying, like giving them all the instructions. So there was a couple different touches there where they got something dropped off to their house. It was as simple as just putting your food in the bag and we would pick it up every Friday at 10 AM. And so we did, you know, three or four streets per week and we made it a month long, um, Event So every Friday we went on, pick it out, picked up the bags. Uh, so that was really good because again, there was absolutely no interaction, but there was tons of online activity where we were kind of reminding people of what we we're up to and we had an online donation opportunity as well. So that worked really well. And I'm looking forward to doing something kind of similar for our next, I think we're doing dress for success for our next uh, quarterly fundraiser. And so we're just trying to focus it back to the community and try to just give, give as much as possible, astound others as much as possible with giving back. That's definitely uh, where we're going to focus our energy. And and so, and then farming, like, you can still make phone calls, right? Just listed, just sold. You know, everybody wants to know what their house is worth. And if you're not having calls with people letting them know what these amazing um, houses are selling for these days, and if they don't know what their houses are worth, like they need to know because you could, you can help them so much by letting them know that like talking to them about investing opportunities. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Sandy, what do you, what do you got for Rochelle? Well, pouring
1: into your farm, I think that was a great point there because pouring into your farm with a food drive and getting them involved in it is farming, right? It's, it's a, it's a way of giving, giving them an opportunity to give and just, you know, creating a great culture and a a community around your, your people. Um, So I think you obviously do an amazing job of that. I think one of the things we think about um, when I I think about it a little bit, when I hear people talking about community and involvement, all that, I think about the biggest component of our realtor community or becoming that is like that millennial group, um, where that's all they, that's all they care about almost like it's not the the money is great, but it's what's the purpose behind it. What is the reason for that? I think you've probably attracted some really good people in that group to your team, even because of they're seeing that, that element of it and getting excited about that, that greater purpose, the greater why behind your business. So is that anything intentional around that? Or is that just like who you are and just ends up being that way?
2: Um, again, I, it's great ideas that come from the team and, um, we, we know what our values are as a team and, and community is one of them. So it's always kind of brainstorming. How are we living our values, um, each and every week? Uh, so that for sure. But yeah, I mean, it, it, it's amazing what the social media and like the response comes from, you know, the younger, the younger groups who do see what we're doing and they, you know, they're liking everything and giving you reactions and it feels great. It's awesome. Uh, So it's a little bit of column A and column B. Like there's absolutely intentionality around it, but also we are a young team. And, and this is what, um, you know, people in my team are coming up with and it's awesome. It's so, again, it's who, who you surround yourself with is really what makes you who you are. And I'm so grateful to be surrounded by some of the most, so so the people that I have the most respect for, let's put it that way.
0: And and what I like too, about, you know, watching from afar, uh, your team, Rochelle is, you know, you're not there just to buy and sell real estate. Like that's just the ripple effect of what you're able to do in a sense, right? And, and I love the fact that, you know, you have an environment where you are really, you've really allowed people to be creative, and, and allow, you know, and, and you fuel that creativity by, you know, seeing some of these amazing ideas, as, as you mentioned, come to the forefront and that becomes sometimes the lead of your marketing campaign for that month or quarter. I, you know, what does that do for, for the, you know, the morale within your team?
2: Yeah. I mean, it's, um, again, when you trust the people that you're working with, it, it it definitely was hard at first to give up. Like I, I used to totally manage our social media. And I'm so glad that I'm not doing it anymore because it's like a million times better since I've just stopped posting anything. Um, but yeah, <laughs> eventually like you just give up a little bit of control and then you go, wow, like why was I holding on to that for so long? Because this person is so much better at absolutely everything that she's doing. And um, we're specifically talking right now about Taylor on my team and uh, she's actually created this entire position. Um, she She's kind of been everything in my office department and she created this position she's our marketing and community outreach manager and I know that it's really important to her that community is a big aspect of her job and um, and she actually created a 10-year plan for herself on our team and it blew me away about two years ago when she presented it to me and community initiatives and making sure that there was that involved there was really important and so her creating that and then just running with it and just pouring everything into it I'm so thankful and it's all her I mean, and again I'm so thankful that she's on the team and doing this uh, I can't really take much credit for it but I'm, I'm thankful that I've created an environment that she feels that she can run with it and do something amazing because I'm getting compliments left right and center about our social media and how people feel like they know us and we have even people now from our farm who they're like I just got my real estate license like can I join the West team and I'm like oh my goodness where did you come from I've never even met you That he's been to our movies in the park or whatnot right so it's it's
0: pretty cool. Yeah, I I love it. And I think Sandy, you've seen uh this in in the past with with your teams, the organizations that you lead. Like I, it, as as business owners and leaders, sometimes we just get in our own way.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: right? Well, and we we know we've have a lot of the, our team came from our my our farm was a bit different. It was a more of an investment community farm, but we've had team members kind of come from that and, and past people that have watched our our other podcasts that I that are running and, and they've been you know, they come out of the word work and you're like, I don't know who this person is, but they seem cool and they they know everything about me all of a sudden. So it's it's amazing how that happens, which is the power of pouring into a community or, or really maybe going a little bit small to go big as you get really in tune with that smaller group. And, and you never know where, what that can parlay into, but it uh, there's a lot of great things that come from it maybe um one thing I find I, I always learn a lot from is is the mistakes that we make along the way too and have you ever had any have you ever had any big mistakes in, in building that farming community is there anything that you would have wished you'd done totally different as you were building that out?
2: um I mean it's it's just still not done right like it's it's great that we have the events and it's great that we you know we have some great market share here but at the same time there's so much more so the mistake is probably, Um, not going hundred percent with it yet. And, uh, and that's just, you know, I feel like it's just constantly a work in progress. Like everything is. Um, So with terms of the farm and and then also we created a, um, a Facebook page for specifically our neighborhood for real estate, like market news. So that we're not like completely inundated the full group with real estate and not utilizing that fast enough because somebody else made a similar one. You know, so it's it's just jumping into action fast enough to really own it, I guess you could say. Um, but there's just so much to do at all times. I feel like that, you know, you have to really choose what you're going to spend your time on. Mm-hmm. But again, getting getting minute and, and really working on something and going 100 percent, I think, is probably the biggest thing that I wish that we would have done early on.
0: Yeah, there's two things I like what you said there is is a, you know, not going at a hundred percent or i and i always see it right and i'm sure i'm sure you guys do too when you're working with agents the moment they kind of take their foot off the gas a little bit now we get it we all need a break or we all need a breather that's cool but you do lose that momentum Right, and and not being able to hand that off to somebody that's going to keep their foot on the pedal and so forth, you lose that momentum. And 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 just as you said, when that happens, sometimes somebody else comes in with another great idea, or the idea that you think you've been brewing, right? And all of a sudden, they have tremendous success with it. So don't be afraid to to take action and just do it.
2: Totally, and I think that's the difficulty too with being a real estate agent because there's just. There's so many, well, even a business owner, there's so many things that you can go and f- spend your time on. So I think it's just even more important to really get clear on, you know, what it is that you want to accomplish and create that GPS around and create timelines for, you know, when you want to see it through, because otherwise something else is going to come up. And then next thing you know, you're you're focusing a little bit more time on that. We all have a certain amount of effort that we can allocate, you know, certain percentages of it at all times, right? And so the moment you're taking from something else, you're putting it somewhere else, then something's always going to suffer. So just really being clear on what's important to you and and making sure that you have timelines attached to it and getting them done. I think that's probably my biggest thing that I, I feel like makes things so much more effective.
0: Yeah, cool, cool. I'd love to move into our our, our second half of, of the interview here, and and we always kind of tip that off with a little fun, and we're gonna put you in the hot seat, Rochelle. So if you already thought you're in the hot seat, you're gonna get more into the hot seat with some rapid fire questions. Oh, these so, ones
1: are tough. These are these are tough ones. I like these.
0: Yeah, Sandy, Sandy had a lot of fun. He, so Sandy was our our guest. Um, uh, it was two episodes uh, ago, How long ago. So. Yeah, just just two weeks ago. So if, if you feel that you're in the hot seat now, go watch Sandy's uh, response to these questions, okay? So the, these questions will all be serious. And for those that are listening on our podcast, you know that's not true. I'm shaking my head no, uh, but it is a little fun, and we'll get to know Rochelle a little bit better here. So... I'll play a little music in the background and Rochelle, these might be one answer or one word answers, or maybe you'll have to use your right side or left side or back side of the brain. I don't know. Okay. Let's start with some easy ones. Would you rather be texting or talking?
2: Oh, talking all the time.
0: (laughs) Talking all the time. I like it. I like it. I like it. Uh, Favorite season of the year? Summer. Summer. Yes, indeed. Uh, okay, this, this, I like the sex one, Sandy, um, is it wrong for a vegetarian to eat animal crackers?
2: <laughs> no,
0: <laughs> No, I, and this is, this is someone speaking with two young kids. So she probably has a cupboard full of animal crackers, right? <laughs> and,
2: and I think eagle. I said the same.
1: I think I said the same. I agree.
0: Yeah. It's okay. Yeah. Very good. Well, this, yeah. This'll be good. Okay. Um, first celebrity crush
2: oh my goodness um probably like Indiana Jones
0: (laughs) okay that's not where I was thinking I was thinking like John Stamos or somebody I don't know (laughs) okay very good um favorite junk food oh like don't put a package of like red licorice in front of me red licorice that that might be our leading answer for that actually and speaking of is junk food uh is double dipping at a party ever acceptable
2: is it a party of two it's <laughs>
0: could be i don't know So well, yeah it's party of
2: two no problem Get
0: no problem there. we had the answer last week if it's okay if you want 80 you're
2: okay whatever yes, it yes, is yes. your your celery yeah. stick or
0: chip i don't know I I mean, yeah. i'm
2: not gonna judge anybody let's face it i'll i'll
0: be right there to, to sit in behind so <laughs> nice nice you're a fellow dipper i don't know what that means um one of the seven dwarfs name one of the seven dwarfs
2: happy obviously
0: sandy this might be a first but you're right obviously rochelle you might be the first person to Provide an answer other than sleepy. <laughs> we, see, this is what happens, Sandy. When we have a guest guest host, we get different answers. I like it. Amazing. Okay, a couple more here. Uh, um, I mean,
1: Colin is like a sleepy, I maybe mean, he has a sleepy look at him or something funny. and I'm more happy.
2: I,
0: I, that, I think that's how we read that. Uh, yeah, we <laughs> definitely read into it that way for sure. Um,
2: we're all your, like guests super tired.
0: Maybe. I guess so. I don't know what we're doing to them. (laughs) Maybe we have to do this, this segment earlier in the show. Um, Would you rather cake or pie? Oh, pie. Pie. Yeah. Very good. And, and last question here, uh, what superpower would you like to have?
2: Oh. Oh, I would like to stop time.
0: Stop time. Okay. I like it. I like it. I went to the to, to Marvel and I can't remember the guy that can do that in Marvel. Oh my gosh. Anyways, Is
2: there any time for that cuz I need to learn some things from him. <laughs> I
0: guess so. I guess so. So little fun we like to have with rapid fire questions. Um it, it's it's uh, so so happy. Well, that makes th- that I I got to tell you that makes sense <laughs> knowing you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Very good. So <laughs> Okay, getting back to, to the question at hand and the culture at hand and, and everything that you love, uh, you know, pretty much that emanates not only from you, but from Josh and your family and your team. Um, I, I bet you a lot of people love to know is how does a very successful business person like yourself manage a great husband like Josh and a team and a mom of two young children and how do you like... Talk to us a little bit about that work-life balance because I know that's that's pretty heavy in a lot of people's mind at the moment.
2: If anybody thinks that I manage my husband, you're <laughs> wrong. Gotcha. Um, um, great question. And uh, I really, truly can't say that I had even a semblance of what that looked like until probably last year. Um, and it was really challenging because I had like two young children and um it was hard to step away from the business to obviously have children but at the same time when you love what you do and you love the people that you're working around you find ways to leverage and get all the help that you need and sometimes people call me the queen of leverage because I could I will put somebody in every area of my life so that I can go do what I know um makes my heart sing and and makes me the best version of myself so I can show up for my kids so um definitely leveraging and knowing like that I won't clean my house as well as somebody else who's professional. And that, you know, I did need a nanny so that I could have the help at home so I could go work parts of my day um, so that I could, you know, really give back in that way. Uh, so definitely leverage was a big part of trying to get that work-life balance. But then last year, uh, Josh and I bought a cottage and it was our first time where we really told ourselves that, um, you know, weekends were ours and whether we worked super late every weeknight um or worked all day monday through friday and you know after, worked again after the kids went to bed whatever it might be our, our saturday and sunday was meant for the boys and for me it was that i needed that so i didn't have the guilt of feeling like i was missing their childhood because i was hiring somebody else to help you know raise them during the day i didn't ever want to regret that and so purchasing that cottage and giving us that actual physical escape Um, to turn off it has horrible reception up there which is you know a blessing in disguise
0: (laughs) is that Um, the secret (laughs) nice
2: it's a good thing and so that that's really been um you know a turning point for us to really take that time to step back and reconnect with each other make sure that we're spending that time with our children making sure that we're giving them that childhood that we want to so badly provide to them and always allows you to really, when you have that quiet time with each other, you get to really start envisioning the future more and more. But when you're in the rat race of the day-to-day and stuck in all the little nitty-gritty stuff, it's really hard to picture, well, what do I want from this? And how can I make this better for other people? And so it's uh, that work-life balance is a combination of definitely leverage and then physical space that we got to go and retreat to.
0: Yeah, well, and, and that's just it. And you mentioned this too when you were explaining that is, you know, Help is just a form of leverage, right? and 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 we often we're, sometimes we're afraid to ask for help. but it and I think you that's the part that really moves us forward is is it's okay to ask for help in, in all areas of our lives and and our business, right?
2: Oh, 100 percent. yeah, and you have to. like if you can't give up something in order to go and spend something on to better yourself or to to better an environment for others, I mean, you're just stuck doing the same thing constantly and then your mindset's
0: off right yeah yeah i
1: think you got something there with the no service no signal thing i think that's a maybe a trending that might be something trending for 2021 because it's it is it is pretty nice to go somewhere for five hours a day a couple days where you just sorry no service can't do it <laughs> sorry um, i like it nice nice little built-in excuse how do you actually how do you find um i work with my wife too in a lot of ways in business and we've since day one that's been the way with us too but how do you how do you how do you how do you find that works? how do you how do you separate the all day business type stuff versus the, hey, we're also just have a relationship here? How do we how do you make time for that?
2: Oh, its like I came on here to ask you that question
1: like <laughs> or do you? Maybe maybe there's no need for it. Maybe that's uh,
2: I mean, Yes and no. I mean, it's ebbs and flows, right? Like sometimes we're really good at being like, it's a little bit different when you're not restricted and, and you can't not go out, right? So it's it's been different, I guess, in the last, uh, last year. Um, I really like to have that planned date night type thing and, uh, you know, try to make time for each other, but it is hard. It's so hard when everything blends together right? And, uh, and and we enjoy talking about our business. So sometimes it's like, oh, we shouldn't talk about this. But then it's like, I actually want to. So it's it's sometimes it's fun. And then sometimes it's like, okay, I'm just like, we're turning off now. Um, but yeah, there's really no perfect um, explanation to how to do it. Like, I, I certainly haven't mastered it. Um, I think just knowing each other's boundaries and really being able to read each other knowing when somebody does want to talk about work or not want to talk about work. I know that when I was home with Jack in the early days, Josh would come home. I'd be like, tell me everything about your day. Like, and he'd be like, I don't want to talk about it at all. So I think it's just really knowing, um, you know, knowing each other. And then obviously knowing that it's really important to take that quiet time unplugged and uh, being able to tap into, each, tap into each other.
0: It is, it is a fine balance, right? And you know, cause I, I'm, I'm fortunate where I get to spend my days working and connecting with people like you and, and everything like that. And then, you know, I go downstairs and it's, you know, later in the evening after a TV show or something. And my wife, Michelle be like, okay, tell me what's going on because she doesn't have that, 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 um, interaction right with, with, you know, her business colleagues and so forth. So it is that fine balance between me not wanting to typically talk about it or serving, serving a purpose and, and giving her some great, you know, conversations, if you will. And that's what she wants to talk about. Right. So I, I think there's, it, it's, it, it's hard to create that boundary and stick with that boundary because it is a balance, right? It truly is a balance that I don't think will ever necessarily, um, accomplish to like the, the, just the perfect scenario, but being open-minded and having, you know, like you said, Rochelle, sometimes it is fun to talk about business. And yeah, sometimes you yeah. do have to. Nope. Tonight is not not business. It's it's all about the kids or or you as my spouse or what have you, right?
2: They always have respect for each other, right? At all times, like if you're constantly respecting each other and uplifting each other and supporting them, like I think that's definitely one of the biggest keys to working with your partner is um, is respecting them and then also like not always understanding them but acknowledging them. If that makes sense. Like you don't always have to understand everything that like I might be dealing with at work or at, at home, but just acknowledge that this is the place that I'm at. So I feel like acknowledgement and respect are two things that really go hand in hand when you're really mixing business with uh, personal life.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Counter, counterbalance
1: I think is a, is a big word there too. If, if we learn from Gary again, um, the other Gary and the one thing, right. He talks about the counterbalancing of it. I think that's uh, an element of it too, where you're you're never necessarily in balance. But never counterbalancing and making it making it work um, understanding that it's not going to be a perfect balance is is I think an awareness piece that,
0: that helps as well yeah and and you're right Go sorry. ahead Rochelle sorry.
2: Knowing that like, it's almost like a stovetop, right? Like sometimes things are going to be on the forefront and you have to pay attention to them the most and that your marriage and your relationship might have to go in the back for a little while. And just knowing that it's not going to stay there. Like you can't sit on simmer forever, but knowing that like all of a sudden attention has to be back here and just constantly rotating it there. It's completely a counterbalance and just really being able to recognize and know that like, okay, right now this, this is taking the back burner for right now we're going to deal with the most Pressing things right now in front of us, and so I think that's something that we talk about a lot. Is you know we'll deal with this in about three weeks. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Right. Well, it's, it's it's true to almost any any communication or uh, relationship. That's what I'm looking for. Is you know sometimes, and I'll I gotta you know typically uh, men will listen to a scenario and they want to fix it. Right. And, oh. and, and always, cause that's where our mind goes. Well, I can fix that. Then we're, we're going to do this. And, but most of the time, you know, women will we'll use it in this case. They, and, and it's not always they or women, but a lot of people, they just want a sounding board. They just want a, somebody to listen. And that's it right?
2: Gary, and you got that so accurate, I like, can't even handle it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know that like if Jen's still on or any of the girls like listening, they're like, Oh my God, Gary gets us.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I do not get you. <laughs> there's actually there's a, there's a funny question on our hot sheet on our, on, and where is it? Where is it? Sometimes I skip over it. I'm going to go back to it. And the question Sandy here is for, for Rochelle, uh, are women complicated? <laughs> oh, well, <yeah. laughs> and the answer is yes of course yeah but isn't it so true like often you know sandy i'm sure like you know we, we hear a situation whether it was you know someone with on our team or what have you or even at home we're like well yeah well this is how you would fix that i
1: i i have a, i have a hundred percent the same relationship but with kate at home is it's it is i do like to fix things and i need to that is typically an argument in our household too. Is just, just oh listen God. and don't, don't worry. Just
0: yeah. 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 My Michelle, my Michelle has gotten good at, I just need you to listen. I'm not, I don't, I need, this is what I want. I'm like, oh, okay. Which is good. Cause now all of a sudden I don't need to fix anything. I like it.
1: <laughs> I like where this show is going because this is like, this is like the, the every person's household and, and challenge right now in COVID is just the, how do we just make this life work with all the, all the stuff going on in life, right? How do we manage this new, new reality? Yeah, just um, so it. this is great. Nice little psychology. I like it. I
0: like it. Well, that's, <laughs> that's why it's called the not so black and white real estate podcast, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's not always about mine and Colin's skin color.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, not today. Cause I, I certainly don't fit that bill, but, uh, yeah. yeah. Um, I think uh, I think I've learned a lot from Michelle about I, I love the I think it's super important the 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 community based stuff and the the really making I feel like you have a really great feel on your team and that the kind of you're really winning at the maybe that empathy piece and making them feel you know because you have a great great retention with your team too, which I, I I believe is probably a big piece of that, right? and and is that is that something you uh, have ever had any challenges with, or is that your retention is really high from what I see?
2: Is that true? Yeah, yeah. So it it is. Um, I feel like we've grown slowly. And like I said, I have a very thorough interview process. It is very um, career visioning oriented. And there's a lot of um, different components to it. Again, everything that I've learned from Keller Williams. Um, and I just really want to work with people who are like-minded. And not just, again, me, but who are my team? Like, who does my team want to work with? Like if they're, you're going to have to sit beside this person, do I feel like they're going to gel? So energy is a really important thing to me. It's one of those things that you can't really like interview over the phone with. I need to get into a room with somebody and really feel like, you know, their comfortability, their excitement, their enthusiasm. And so it is something that I feel like I, I take really seriously who I bring in into my world. Uh, it's not that I don't think that you might not be the hardest worker or the best realtor. Um, I really want to make sure that I want to do business with you because I enjoy your company and that other people will enjoy your company. Um, so I do think that pulling together like-minded people has really helped with keeping people together. I mean, there's a lot of interpersonal relationships on the team. Um, and I've encouraged that from day one too, where I'm like, hey, like, why don't you guys go out for a coffee or a drink or whatnot, get to know each other. I really want to you know, create that environment where there are a lot of relationships uh, together. Because I feel like that's what makes culture sticky too, even on the brokerage level new agents coming into a place that they might not know other agents or it's very daunting and scary but if it's a like a big warm happy family it's a different story and how do you create that especially during COVID how do you create that and I'd be lying to say that I haven't struggled with that uh, during COVID is maintaining that culture maintaining that um, you know that vibe on the team because it's very difficult to do that over zoom right Um, so it's, it's definitely vetting people. It's definitely making sure that I'm getting into business with people who are like minded with similar values, um, and who are kind, like, honestly, I'm just looking for kind, compassionate people who, um, like to, you know, go the extra mile for the client. That's all I'm really looking for at the end of the day. But, uh, but yeah, I think it does play a big role in retention.
0: I, you said, you said a lot there and I kept writing down a couple of notes and I love, you know, one of the things that we like—the term that we like—is sticky teams, right? And I, and I, I just love that phrase. Um, part. So I got a two-part question, but I'm going to give it to you one at a time. Uh, the the cv process or the career visioning process do you you encourage your team members if you're going through the hiring process to take the candidate out for you know that kind of their style of interview get to know them a little bit and report back to you because i think that's so important is that something that you guys um incorporate um
2: it's not something that i've done on my last hire because you couldn't with covid Mm. however um i i did have somebody come in and like we like ordered pizza and sat in the office together. And this person did sit with us for a little bit and like just, you know, get to know people. But also a lot of these recruits are coming from my agent's sphere, right? right. So there is already some sort of connection there. Um, but if it's not actually going out for lunch before they're on the team, it's definitely a like, let's meet and greet, let's go see the team, like come into a team meeting before you actually join the team type thing. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's I haven't so much set up a, a meeting, I guess you could say before they're hired, but immediately following that, they're hired and if it wasn't COVID, there's definitely team lunches, there's you know, celebrate celebratory drinks for celebrating success or whatnot here and there. Again, haven't been able to do any of that, but yeah, we yeah. do really want to get the team's input on what they think of, of a person for sure. Yeah,
0: yeah, awesome. Quick shout out to Peter, thank you for the very kind words, Peter. Yeah, um, and, and Michelle or Rochelle is just bringing it today. So, the follow up question to that, Rochelle, is and you've you've talked about this, I think, throughout the last you know. The entire interview is, but what I'd really love to nail down is how do you and Josh and the rest of your team, how do you protect that culture? Because I know that's really important to you.
2: Yeah, I mean, great question. Um, I think you have to wake up every day and actually care about the people that you're in business with. And I like their goals are my goals. And I want to make sure that I'm revisiting those goals with them regularly and i know that it's important that they buy that investment property or that they um buy that house and put their pool in and buy the new car and i know all of their goals and like that's why i do have some fear around growing larger because it's like i invest so much time into knowing my people and what drives them and what motivates them that it's like how do i even make this scalable so that i can have these care connections with people because i truly like these are my work family and i i couldn't care more about them uh, Josh is the same way. He he'll answer his phone no matter what if it's somebody from our team calling. Like it, like we're just there, and I, I, a lot of times people do refer to us as mom and dad. And I think it is a mom and dad type relationship where I am super invested in them achieving their goals because you know they they've helped create who we are. Like we are all in this team together. It's not just me and Josh sitting back. Like the people are the culture, um, and I appreciate getting a lot of the credibility for it. But at the end of the day, it's each and everybody showing up for each other, and we are. Like we share clients if somebody can't go do showings. The other person will go to them. There's a lot of helping out inside of our team that, um, that, that makes that culture so rich and there's a lot of fear around growing bigger and and invite every time I bring somebody else new in, I'm like, you know, it's like, I hope this goes really well. Um, But it, it, it does resonate right down to caring. Like they just genuinely care about these individuals and them attaining their goals, so that they can make big lives for their family and do those things that they set their sights on. Because this industry allows you to do that, right? The sky's the limit.
1: Uh, Rochelle, you said uh, I think you mentioned to me previously on, on some, somewhere that you know one of your team members was taking six weeks a month, something like that, off recently. And you know, you mentioned the value of your team being really there for each other sticking up for, it. I think that's one of the best values of, it, of being a part of a, a great team, at least, is that you have people behind you to, if you want to go on that vacation or you need that vacation or you want to go, whatever it is, you need time with family It's it, and you can take four weeks, two weeks, whatever it is, and your business doesn't dry up.
2: 100%. I think that's one of the number one things when people come to me and ask that, should I be solo agent? Should I be with a team? I say, how much do you value a work-life balance or how important is your freedom to you? Because if you are going to be a solo agent, then you are the business. And when you do take that three month vacation or, you know, two weeks, moment you stop working, your business does also stop working or else you're going to be working on the beach and that's not fun. And that's not a vacation. So on our team, I, when I do sit down and just recently we went through our quarter one reviews with them and it was okay. There's literally nine weeks left of Q2. How much of that are you taking off and how much are you working? And so plan your work days like you would plan a vacation. So really, you know, if you're going to go on a cruise, you know what excursions are going on or where what restaurants you're going to eat at. Same thing as your work day, right? So you have those nine weeks, two of them are gone. So now we have seven weeks. You know, we know we want to sell two or three houses. Where are they coming from? And how are we planning out our days to really make that super purposeful? Um, and so being on a team, go on vacation, the team's still going to get um, leads coming in left, right and center. And if there's somebody from your sphere who wants to buy a house, and absolutely there's somebody on the team who's going to 100% take care of that person for you. Um, I mean, we had a team member who was away for three months and sold five houses. So that was all thanks to the teamwork and the camaraderie here on, on our team. And it was awesome. Like the team member was happy to help and the team member was super happy to have the person on the ground to treat her clients and, and uh sphere with the same love and attention that she would have. So it is an absolute huge value add to be on a team to really help work you towards that that work-life
0: balance. That might be, that might've been the mic drop moment that we all kind of missed. So rewind the tape a little bit, uh, plan your work. Sorry, I want I'm going to paraphrase it, but when it, when, actually you say it, you say say it, uh, Rochelle. plan, plan your work time schedule plan as your work vacation.
2: Like your your vacation. Plan sorry. Your work say- days. <laughs> <laughs> plan your work days. Like you would plan your vacation. So yeah. if you're going to have an on your vacation and you have all these things that you want to do on your vacation. Same thing with your work days. And then, then that way, when you, like I say this to people all the time, like then when you are on vacation, you don't feel guilty that you're missing work because you worked just as hard on those days leading up to that vacation and you knew, and you checked all the boxes of the things that you said you would do.
0: Well that and how passionate are we in planning a vacation? Very. (laughs) I'll drop everything. <laughs> right. <especially> like, <laughs> out of my way. I got things to plan here. I got things to buy. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I th- I think that's pretty cool. Pretty cool. So we're just wrapping up here, uh Sandy and Rochelle and and this hour is as it always does, it flies by. Um I you know, I don't want to sign off here without giving you the opportunity for, you know, to to let people know how to get a hold of you, how to reach you. What's the best way for that? Yeah.
2: Um I'm on social media, Rochelle West, Facebook, Instagram. I think Instagram, I'm riri underscore 99. Um, and then super easy to find my email address. It's uh, Rochelle at the West Or you can just Google the West team and uh, find me easily on there as well. Happy yeah, to chat to anybody.
0: Absolutely awesome. And yeah, if you're if you're looking to connect with amazing uh, realtors out in the Ottawa area, Rochelle will not only happily take the referral, but more importantly, take care of your clients for sure. Um, fantastic out there. We, and that wraps up another episode of the not so black and white real estate podcast. A uh, huge shout out to Sandy McKay. How do we get in touch with you, Sandy? Remind us once again. Uh,
1: sir Colin at uh, <laughs> like or something like that. Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't that's know. It. I'm the guy that looks totally different than me and <laughs> And there's a lot of them, but, uh, sir is, is the only guy with sir. And then <laughs> nice. He got them.
0: nice. All right. I'll plug yeah. it once again, the breakthrough Sorry. real estate podcast. Uh, do check it out as, as I keep saying it is, it is the number one real estate podcast in Canada and you will certainly educate yourselves and, and your clients there if you're realtors. Um, Pleasure to have you co-hosting today, Sandy. Thank you for uh, getting off the bench and into the game. Thank you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) uh, It is my dream. So I I actually (laughs) can check off that one last thing on the bucket list. I I got something that I'm on. Now I I can say I really, last time I said I was on the show, now I really feel like I was part of it. So
0: appreciate it. I, I I had a blast. Fantastic. So for uh, Rochelle West, uh, thank you so much. And Sandy McKay, of course, uh, thanks to you. I'm Gary McGowan, and this has been the Not Sold Black and White Real Estate Podcast. Uh, We'll see everybody on the next episode. Bye for now. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure to click the subscribe button so new episodes will automatically be downloaded to your device. Please help us reach more people by leaving a rating and a review on your podcast player of choice go make it an amazing day for somebody